0: that talks about all news and development in the educational field. We have a good show for you today as I'm joined by Sarah Bassan, a kindergarten teacher from Tennessee, as we'll be discussing figuring out your teaching style and teaching with trial and error. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Today's guest is Sarah Bassan, a kindergarten teacher from Tennessee. And well, congratulations on making it through probably like the weirdest school year or just time to be
1: teaching. How are you doing?
2: (laughs) I'm good. Um, It's been kind of a crazy year, as everyone knows. Uh, 2020 (laughs) has been a true test of how quickly I'm able to adapt to new situations and all of that. But I've been able to find some strength in that. Um, started this, this school year teaching, um, student teaching in a hybrid situation with zoom and in-person kids at the same time. And now I'm in kindergarten on uh, week three of. Teaching only half of them at a time. So it's definitely tested my endurance, tested um, how badly I truly want this, but I've just fallen more (laughs) in love with it. So it's it's been good, but, you know, there are times I'm hanging on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but they didn't teach you CS in uh, your teacher preparation program. They teach you, you know, how to, I guess, deal with crisis, like how to deal with, you know, uh, fire drill, intruder, (laughs) or earthquake, (laughs) but not how to deal with a pandemic.
2: (laughs) Right, right.
0: So, so I think right now you're teaching via is it, is it hyper schedule? Is that true?
2: Yes. Uh, we just finished it up actually. So I've been kind of preparing myself uh, to go back tomorrow with all 20 of them. But it's been uh, just half and half. And it's been really great just coming in in the middle of a year. Um, in my first year, it's been hard to make that adjustment. So it's nice having the small group setting at first and help them get used to me and me get used to them. So hopefully tomorrow we'll come together pretty effectively. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I got to confess. So. On your Instagram, your, your classroom looks so inviting. And then so I, I do love the post that you that you, you show, you know, when you show off your classroom. And I think there's this library corner and you have, you know, if I was a kindergarten, I, I would love <laughs> it. You have like, these comfy chairs, these pillows, uh, decorations great too. Uh, and I <laughs> think you have a book nook. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it looks pretty nice. And I think you give credit all to your uh, cricket, right? Your cricket? Is that, yes. is that what you use?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: so um, yeah I, have I about love this? it
2: <laughs> I love the cricket um I'm glad I got it a little bit before I started teaching so I could really get used to it but it's it's easy because you just you create it on like their design space so any of like these ideas that I've had on Pinterest for years It looks really fancy, but whenever you get around to actually making it, you get like more adept with it. I've been able to quickly and cheaply kind of make this classroom come to life. And I only had about uh, less than two weeks or so to get everything together over Christmas break. So it was nice to just whip things up really quick. And it just really made my classroom really homey. So I definitely recommend anybody get that.
0: (laughs) I always say uh, teachers go to um, essentials are the... A laminator and mm-hmm. a good binder, but I think yours is a, a cricket.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, <Yeah>. for sure.
0: <laughs> and since you know, I was since we we're talking about your library, so you got to share your secret on how you got all these books because you know, the teachers inherit them from the previous teacher or, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes there's donations, but you have quite a good variety.
2: Yes. Um, this was probably my favorite part of getting my classroom together. I started pretty much as soon as I was in my teacher prep program, which I also recommend anyone do like even in your freshman, just start gathering. Um, my parents were definitely like my biggest supporters with that. My mom loves, um, early literacy and was just constantly giving me books and books that she loved when I was growing up. Um, I also had two retired teachers or teachers who were retiring and they gave me every single book that they had. So combined together, that was amazing. Um, one of the donations was for a lot of upper grade books, but I liked having those there too, to encourage literacy and encourage them to read. But, um, once everything got closer and I needed some more picture books, I asked relatives who sent, sent me books. I always go to Goodwill or like um, used bookstores. And finally, the one that I probably got the most from was I just started posting on like Facebook pages from around um, where I live. And these people would be cleaning out their closets and things their kids had grown out of. And so like, as long as I came and picked it up, they were happy to get rid of everything. So that was really amazing too. And like, it gives my kids a lot of variety, which I think is so crucial for them.
0: Oh, uh, that's neat. Was is it, you said Facebook, is that marketplace? Is that what it's called? Facebook marketplace? Or like, well, you...
2: It was like just these like local, it was cause I've looked on marketplace, but a lot of them sometimes would still have, you know, higher prices or whatever. So I just started posting in like our free and you could, like, there's like a, there's a lot of them like you free and then whatever your town or city's name is. And people will just post things on there and so I just went around and got it.
0: <laughs> wow, that's neat. Yeah Sounds like uh, you know those reality T V shows where uh they look for uh like special valuables. I don't know. Have you, have you found yeah. any like, a valuable book? Like, I, I don't know. Uh, like those locker hunt, those locker uh, reality shows or storage yeah, containers. You're yeah. About. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. I don't know what they're called.
2: Yes. I found some hidden gems for sure though. Oh,
0: that's cool. That's cool. Um, by far, my favorite creation of yours is your, I think it's a positive bulletin board. So, uh, <laughs> one look at it, I'm assuming it was made by the cricket as well. But, <laughs> uh, you've done a lot of labeling in your classroom. Um, you know, I believe you completely decorated your whole classroom in what, about two weeks, right?
2: Right. Yep.
0: Which, uh, Congratulations. Probably uh, a record record there somewhere. But (laughs) You would consider yourself uh, OCD with all the labeling?
2: Yes, uh, for sure. I wanted everything to be um, organized the way that I wanted it because I just knew that I couldn't focus on any of the important things like the curriculum, the standards, what they're actually going to be learning until I had my things in order so that one bulletin board you were talking about that was something that um, really actually made my life easier because i was looking on teachers pay teachers and it was a whole set like a classroom decoration set and the girl's name is ashley mckenzie she has like a whole bunch of um uh, sets you can buy so that was I actually i didn't make it from the cricket but i i used a lot of her ideas and like if i wanted something on the cricket i could whip that up but those that set really saved me too since i was in like a major time crunch um right before i got the uh, right before i entered the classroom and like had to have the kids so it was nice to have that
0: Oh, wow. Two weeks. I still can't believe that. That's quite yes. uh, a, a feat. That's quite an accomplishment. Wow. Um, yes. So I'm sure you're stressed during those, uh, you know, those two weeks, and um, I mean, just even stress in general.
1: Mm-hmm. This
0: whole school year, how yes. do you, how do you stay positive? I mean, not only inside but outside the classroom as well.
2: Yeah, this is something I had to really kind of look inward for because I do I feel like, you know, anxiety in this whole year has definitely skyrocketed for a lot of people. So I actually started reading a book a little while ago. Um, It's like called The Science of Burnout by um, two sisters, the Nagoski sisters. And they gave just a lot of recommendations about really like caring for yourself and not always just like the bubble bath and candle, but just like really allowing yourself to like have days that you don't do anything or don't take your work home. And so I've really tried to implement that as I've come into my new job, because I mean, as you know, your teacher yourself, the kids do require a lot of emotional energy. Um, so I think it's really important for me to take care of myself. I have much more patience. I have much more drive and, you know, excitement whenever I take care of myself. So I'm just really trying to give myself downtime and breaks and less screen time when I'm not at school so that I can really be there and present when I am with the babies.
0: Yeah. I've been trying to cut down on my screen time a lot. Um, Yeah, it's, it's tough. And th- there's lots of teachers out there who have yet to meet their students uh, in person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like for me, I, I, I've only known them through a screen. Um, right. but for you, I mean, can you describe the feeling, I guess that you had like prior to meeting them so, while well, you had those yes. uh, that two week countdown and then I guess yes. when you actually met them?
2: Yes, I was so excited um, with student teaching this past semester. Like I said, I was uh, on Zoom with half of, half of them. So I definitely understand where you're coming from there. And it was hard not being able to actually have them in my, in my room. So when I knew that I was going back to a traditional classroom, I was just over the moon. Um, I have just dreamed about being becoming a teacher for so long. And it was like magical when they started coming down the hallway. Um, so I was excited. I'm still thrilled. They they really light up my days, and I'm just so thankful that this is the profession that I chose.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: yeah, I can't. I can't wait to. I have nine kids, so I can't wait to to see them you know whatever that is but you know i do miss right. uh i like this like for me it's it's the hallway interactions that are the best for me i, I really mm-hmm. like those hallway interactions um you know walking yeah. to lunch walking to the library uh, walking to the assemblies so
1: mm-hmm. that's what
0: i miss the most um yes but yeah so i have nine students and i think you have nine students as well and so
1: mm-hmm.
0: There's just a lot of restrictions because of COVID, uh, you know, not only the mask, but also the social distancing and well, and you and I deal with the little ones. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a little bit of a tricky concept for them to, to grasp. Um, and some of them, I don't think they fully know what's going on. Like, the, you know, <laughs> like pandemic, you know, what's the word pandemic to them? Um, right. all they see is the adults wearing mask and. Like even if we tell them to wash our hands or you know, they're still not entirely sure why they need to wash their hands. Like even with the even with a whole year of this, like into the pandemic, how, how are these conversations with, with, with your kiddos just like, Hey, you know, let's let's stay safe, let's stay clean, let's, you know, wear a mask, etc. Right.
2: Well, you know, I've had good luck um, just coming into it into the middle of the year, maybe because I, w- I didn't have to set those norms with them. The, the previous teacher did. But I, I sometimes I swear they are better than the adults. Like, they just keep on and they, like, forget they're there. So... Um, I don't know. There are a couple of mine that I'll have to remind to put it back on or keep it on or but they, they haven't played with them near as much as I thought they would. I feel like everybody on TikTok all summer was always saying like, oh, you're going to have to say, like tell your kids stop flinging their masks and stuff like that. They haven't done that. So that's really good. But they just sometimes I'll hear them remind other students who are like, you need to stay in your bubble. <laughs> and i um, like, that's a good rule to go by. But luckily my class has been pretty good about wearing them. And so that's, you know, a lot of stress off me.
0: Um, the, the image that comes into my mind is someone, you, a little kindergartner, you know, using the the elastic part of the mass as a, as a slingshot. That's
1: right.
0: <laughs> that's the image that comes in my head, but you know, it seems like your, your kids are, are doing good. that's nice
2: yeah it is it's
0: refreshing <laughs> uh so yeah let's uh let's jump into our topic and you yeah, know that's about finding your, your teaching style and so mm-hmm. usually this is associated when you're student teaching um you know mm-hmm. you're trying out you're in the classroom your practicum you get to try out what kind of teacher you're going to be and also even uh, your first year Actually, even up, you know, up to your third year, actually. So it's <laughs> mm. um, it's, it, it's totally different, um, say, you know, in, in someone else's classroom during your student teaching rotation and then you being fully in charge of your own. Right. Um, and so, you know, you kind of have the luxury of, uh, you know. I think, no, actually you do have the luxury of having the experience of teaching online and in person. So mm-hmm. you knew that the kids were going to go into the school year, this 2020, 2021 school year mm-hmm. uh, with the, either the option of having the students be in person or via distance learning. So right. I guess you kind of got to see the behind the scenes of that. Um, I guess, you know, what, what was the business, biggest takeaway you got from that?
2: My biggest takeaway, I think, was just realizing that we all had to be so adaptable because I'm sure in your school as well, some of these um, new situations change regularly. And so, you know, the students have to be adaptable. The teachers have to be adaptable as a new teacher. This is, you know, very hard. Um, It's hard for anybody, but just being, you know, thrown into this. And, um, I just realized through this process that I had to be very ready for whatever was going to happen. I just remember distinctly like putting the finishing touches on my classroom and my parents were there and looking at it for the first time and all that. And I was, it was just a really precious little moment. I got the email like right as we were you know, putting the finishing touches on that it was going to be a hybrid schedule. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I, at first I thought it was like for Zoom, like the half and half with the Zoom, the simultaneous hybrid. And I was like, oh, my goodness, like, oh, that's going to be so hard with kindergarten. Then it ended up being kind of a blessing with having them just half and half for a little while. Um, But yeah, I just realized I have to be adaptable. The kids do. Everybody has to. And we kind of have to realize this is everybody's first pandemic and we got to give everybody grace, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you're telling me this is not your second pandemic you've been to? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's cute. You had you said you had uh, your parents join in to to help you set up the, the classroom
2: yes it was really nice to have them there and they were they were so excited too they know they've known i wanted to be a teacher forever so it was a special moment
0: oh uh, it's a nice you know nice little cycle i don't know if it was your mom you know she if she walks you to school you know first day of school and now <laughs> you two walking together as a, you know, as a teacher and as, you know, as a mom, so that's cute. Right. It is. Um, So, yeah, so since you're, I guess, hybrid and, you know, in person, that means there's a lot of labeling since Mm -hmm. students aren't really allowed to share items. Um, And so I'm assuming it it kind of breaks your heart a bit, knowing that students want to share or interact with with their peers and like, here, have this or here, try this. but uh, I guess they can't, just because, yeah, you know, all the restrictions. So, I mean, how's that?
2: Yeah, that, I mean, you definitely, yeah, um, you definitely hit the hammer on the head there. Like it's really hard, especially in kindergarten you know, sharing is a big topic. You're supposed to share things if somebody doesn't have something or you're supposed to help someone when they're, when they dropped all their supplies or something like that. And it's almost like we have to like reverse that for the time (laughs) being. And of course they don't, that's a hard concept to teach. Like, yes, you should share normally, but not during a pandemic. And it's definitely a hard concept for them to wrap their head around and, I don't know. So we try to I try to really try and build their classroom, their positive community um, in different ways, because I want them to be kind to each other, even if they're not like sharing their items and stuff like that. But yes, especially in kindergarten not sharing and not and having to be so, you know, away from everybody is really hard.
0: Yeah. And we're, we're, we're talking about kindergartners here. They love to share. Sometimes they like to share <laughs> way too much. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, my booger. So yeah, they like yeah. To share. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> uh, I actually have some teacher friends who are kind of like in a similar situation to you where I guess they're, they're back in person, some, some kind of hybrid model, um, either half right. and a half or, uh, alternating, um, some AB schedule, but, they found some innovative ways of keeping the students engaged um, mm-hmm. even well, so six feet apart and the mask and, and all these barriers that they have. Uh, right. Some of them are just having the kids pop these bubbles um, when they go out to play, so everyone you know, gets um, pop bubbles in their own quadrant area. Uh, another one's mm-hmm. like Simon Says games. Uh, another one, is, I found this is pretty neat, but I, I think. Of course, a lot of coordination. Basically, it's like a mirror activity. So you have students, uh, you know, one side of the line and the other side of the line. And it's kind of like the synchronized Olympics or synchronized swimming mm-hmm. or whatever synchronized uh, sports there are, where mm-hmm. obviously partners are six feet apart and they got to mimic or they got to mime. The, the movements of their their partner right across and you know, whoever's like the best shadow or the best imitation, uh, wins. And so that's pretty neat. Um, and, and for me, yeah, yeah. And for me, since I'm completely, uh, distance learning, it's just a lot of shaking their wiggles out or shaking their silly <laughs> sillies out. And so, right. yeah, uh, I, I'm trying, I'm trying, but, uh, How how do you get the students engaged, Uh, you know, especially with all these restrictions like that, that we have?
2: Right. It's definitely been hard. And, you know, it's, it's hard not to have them like collaborate as much and stuff like that. But I do try to give them lots of um, brain breaks and fun activities like that and just kind of reinforce the idea that they do need to be in their bubble. Um, they're pretty good about it. Uh, sometimes, you know, some reminders, but we do lots of uh, brain breaks from like Go Noodle or Jack Hartman. And they still, as long as they're spread out and everybody can have a good time, um, we're still able to do everything. But, you know, just those little reminders help keep them on track.
0: Uh good old Jack Hartman. He's <laughs> <laughs> his
2: songs are stuck in my head constantly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Good old Jack Hartman. And I recently got into um, do you know who Blippy is? So Jack no. Hartman, Blippy, uh and I can't name the other ones, but yeah, just uh my my YouTube playlist is all these children's <laughs> songs. Yes,
2: I'll be like home on the weekend, and I'm like hearing the teen number song or whatever, and I'm like, oh my god, what does my life come to?
0: I know, especially, I don't know, you, your recommended uh, list that YouTube provides. Yes. Um, so yeah, sometimes, uh, for example, today, the the Godzilla King Kong trailer came out and then like the yeah. the recommended thing that's like, oh, here's a, you know, shake your scissors all on what? How do we jump from <laughs> like Godzilla to this?
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I can totally see it. Mine's all like math songs and, you know, <laughs> ABC songs and all that.
0: <laughs> so, um, Do you feel that you were, I mean, obviously no one was prepared for a pandemic or teaching during a pandemic or something like this, but do you feel you were well prepared for during your credential program?
2: I do. I do. I originally was, you know, I kind of rethought that question a little bit (laughs) just because I don't feel prepared for now. But that doesn't mean that my program was, you know, all bad or anything. How could they prepare us for what happened with COVID? Uh But I do think I was um, very well prepared. They really focused heavily on just getting you in the classroom like as soon as as soon as you had your very first teaching Class and so um, that really helped me get acclimated and I think that you know pedagogy wise I think that I was really prepared. I did sub a while on my own like that was just a personal choice. I think that was one of the things that really prepared me most of all, just to feel comfortable in my own skin in a classroom. Um, But those those two things I think it's been it's helped me get acclimated a little bit. Still you know a million and one things to learn as a new (laughs) teacher. But I do I do feel pretty appeared from my program.
0: Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, f- for me, I do feel I was pretty well prepared, like 80%. Um, mm-hmm. but it's also at the same time, I felt a l- I learned a lot from, I, I was in a cohort, So I learned a lot from my friends or, uh, my peeps that are in the same credential program and uh, I'm right. still good friends with some of them. Are you, mm-hmm. are you still, are you still good friends with some of your, uh, credential friends?
2: Yes. Um, we, we kind of did a cohort model as well. And it was kind of, you know you see the same, same people throughout all your classes. And then it ended up like you were really with those same people the whole time. And so about three of them, uh, we all graduated that same semester as I did. Um, and one of them actually works at my same school. So it's been such a blessing to kind of walk through the season of life with her and other people that, understand these struggles. So, um, that's really nice to have that, you know, relationship with those girls and we're all in the same district and everything too. So it's just really nice to have a support system there.
0: Now that sounds like a lot of fun working with, us. Yes. uh, you someone who's in the same cohort as you. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Great. Did the,
0: did, did you find out before, or did you find out day one
1: for that? <laughs>
2: Uh, we, my, my one friend I was talking about, we actually student taught side by side, like you know, the classrooms were right next to each other. And we were friends before, but you know, not super close or anything, but student teaching side by side and planning together and all that, um, was pretty crazy. So we got pretty close. And then when it were, it was time to make the decision, like where we were going to go school wise. And we both found out there was like two openings at that same school. We were like, Oh my gosh, we have to do this. So, um, so me, her and I are are at that same school. So I I go down and see her all the time. It's nice to have that support.
0: Oh, that's nice for me. Something similar. So I, I got hired at the school and then my my friend who's in the same core credential program as me, she mm-hmm. She got hired, uh, like, I think a week or like a week and a half before the school year was going to start. And so she reached out to me and I said, that, um, I, I somehow found out that, that she was applying because, uh, the, the principal was talking to me saying, Oh, we need, we need to hire one more person.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, do you
0: know anybody? And like, I said, oh, who was hired so far? And she told me and yeah. basically it was my friend's name. I said, oh, OK. And so I told my friends, like, oh, well, I gave her some pointers on, on the interview questions and then she got the job. And then. Yeah, you're like, this is great. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> and now, uh, yeah, now she won't stop picking at me at her, at her, like, her professional <laughs> meetings or development uh, PDs. And so. Mm-hmm. um I have a certain type of humor that uh mm-hmm. that she's used to that she knows are like very dry sarcastic humor
1: <laughs> me and <too>. so
0: yeah <laughs> and so at this uh at the professional the uh, the meeting she's like oh gosh well oh, this is the way he is like she'll yeah she'll throw me under the bus so <laughs>
2: that's funny that's funny
0: but yeah um let's see so i know that uh In the beginning of your student teaching preparation, your student teaching program or whenever you start your your rotation, um, that it can be a little bit daunting, like sharing ideas, especially since technically you're a guest and it's not really your classroom, so you just... You know, you're there to learn from the master teacher, and f- for me, when I student taught,
1: mm-hmm. I was a bit
0: hesitant trying to implement uh, my ideas. You know, not only is am I a complete stranger to the school, the classroom, the students, the teacher, um, it, it can be a little scary. And so, you know, my master mm-hmm. teacher, uh, who I'm still good friends with, really she kind of pulled me aside and basically told me like all right you know take advantage of this time you know take advantage of these next three months that you have in my classroom mm-hmm. because you know hey you're paying a lot of money for this so <laughs> really you know really you know take advantage of all your time in here because uh these this is the moments where you can make mistakes and you know we won't judge you too harshly and so that really resonated with me and so basically after that conversation pretty much took over and was just like full hands on deck. And I, I do think I went above and beyond cause I really wanted to try out a lot of things that I wanted to try out before I would get to try out in my actual classroom. So kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, like again, the whole trial and error what was it, how was it for you when you wanted to introduce new ideas in the classroom?
2: Yeah, I can really definitely relate to your experience. I think I was very like kind of timid at first. I knew uh, I actually knew my mentor teacher uh, a little bit be- because I had subbed for her. It just so happened that that it worked out that way. So it was really nice having that comforting presence kind of right away. Um, but same thing as you, she kind of threw me in um, pretty soon after I got there, which originally I was like, Oh my gosh, like, <laughs> here we go. She's like, okay, next week you're going to take over math. Then the next week it's going to be math and reading. And then she's like, the next week it's going to be math, reading and phonics. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and, um, so it, it was, it was very similar to you though. She was like, she's like, Sarah, she, this is my, it was like, it had to be, I think probably, I think it was her 26th year teaching. She's like, oh, wow this she's like you do you I'll offer advice I'll offer you know ideas for you she's like not gonna criticize me like any kind of constructive criticism what you know that's that's great but um she wasn't ever like super hard on me or anything so after that kind of encounter with her I felt like okay I can do this I can I can try new things and she was always so supportive like no matter what like I was like I remember one time I was like well what if we did side like and I can put on like a rap beat in the background (laughs) and like the kids can do it that way and she's like she's like not gonna lie that's not what i would do but (laughs) she's like let's try it and they really liked it so she's like this is awesome so it was really nice to have her just i mean she cared but she did it like she she cared what i did i mean she she cared about her classroom and everything but she didn't really care like what my style was she just kind of helped you know develop that with me and it was really great to have that supportive relationship
0: oh that's nice yeah that's good i like you know as long as uh, as long as the kids learn as long as they, you know, they're having fun. I guess Mm it doesn't really matter how you present the the information. Mm -hmm. That's nice. Uh, for me, collaboration is so important. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, you, whether you're that time that you're student teaching or that you're doing your rotation, Mm -hmm. it's really the best time to do all that trial and error. Um, and even as your even as a first year teacher, I know there's a joke that like, your first class is kind of like the guinea pigs because you're really
1: <laughs> trying out even
0: more stuff that you didn't get the time to, to try out on your, during your rotation. right? Um, and then this is really the time for you to really blossom, figure out what kind of teacher you want to be. Your kind of teaching style works best for you and your students. And again, trial and error because not everything's going to work and not everything's going to stick. Um, and so mm-hmm. for me while I was doing my student teaching, I really appreciated, uh, all the feedback I got from my teacher. Like, Oh, we reflected a lot. Um, kind of similar to yours. She's like, Hmm, not, not the route that I would go. She, she would say, mm, that's a bit unorthodox, but, uh, it worked. Or <laughs> right. she might say like, it worked well this time, but, uh, let's, uh, let's try something different next time. Right, so, right. <laughs> but did, did your master teacher give you a lot of feedback and how did, how did you handle that feedback and constructive criticism?
2: Yeah, she did. Um, She was like very, she was like a little bit wary at first of giving giving it to me because she, like I said, she really wanted me to be comfortable. I think she wanted that like most of all so that I could actually have like a real relationship with the kids and with her and everything. But after a while, like I, once I was comfortable with her, like I wanted that feedback. And so I would just ask her, like, I'm like, what did I, what did you see me do that wasn't good? Like, I don't, I don't want, it. I mean, I got to the point where, yes, I want to hear like, you know, reinforcements, things that I was doing well, but I wanted to hear too, like what needed improvement. And so I would just ask her, and I think that was very telling of how she was as a mentor teacher too, because I was looking, I was seeking that out from her. Like I knew I was in a safe place. So any kind of constructive criticism, I just handled it. I feel like I handled it well and just tried to implement it as soon as possible. And as soon as you start implementing new ideas, it just gets, um, you know, easier and easier to make adjustments like that. So it was, it was really, really great for me to learn, just learn how to, how to have someone tell you like something that you did wasn't so great and just grow from it.
0: Yeah. It, it comes from a place of love too. So like for mm-hmm. my my teacher, she's like, all right, I'm not going to sweet talk you. She's
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> She'll tell me, you already know how awesome you are, but I'm going to make you be an even more awesome person. And so mm-hmm. she'll tell me just straight up how it is. Like, yeah, let's uh, let's try this, or yeah, you know, let's let's not let's see what we can do differently. And so I really like the she didn't hold back because uh, right. at the end of the day she says, "I'm I'm, I'm telling you this so because I care because I want you to be a better teacher." And so I did right. appreciate that um, that style. Are Are you? <laughs> When you got that feedback and I'm sure you, you reflect on yourself as well, on like the end of the day or the lesson, or like even the end of the week, did mm-hmm. you reflect a lot on yourself? Are you, are you like your own worst critic or are you harsh on yourself?
2: Yes, um, that has been something I've been trying to work on as well. Sometimes I think back to just small moments throughout the day, like, man, I could have handled that better. Like, or why did I try this? And sometimes I am a little bit or a lot too hard on myself. And it's like, I don't know, with people who have any kind of, you know, anxiety like that, or anxious moments, I feel like you can take one small thing that happened that wasn't the best during the day and think that the whole day was bad. So I'm trying to remind myself daily, like, okay, just because I didn't handle that situation, like a like a teacher who's taught for 20 years does not mean that the whole day was bad, does not mean I'm a bad teacher, does not mean I'm never going to grow and do better. So I'm just trying to like give myself like positive self-talk during this time, because there's a lot of things that I can do better. And there's a lot of ways I can grow. And that doesn't mean that I'm like bad right now, (laughs) you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I don't want to put my, my teacher friends on blast, but I had these, uh, these teacher friends who, you know, they started applying and they were nervous and I told them like, everything's going to be okay. So, you know, first of all, they hired you because, you know, they see your potential. They hired you because you're the best at what you do. So, yeah, right. obviously they want you, and that's why they hired you. And, uh, and I also told them like, you know, one bad day, one little small mistake, you know, just because you mispronounce something, or just because you do an addition problem wrong, or you know, <laughs> even with singing, if you get the lyrics wrong on singing, mm-hmm. it's not gonna, it's not gonna ruin you. It's not that the kids are gonna be like, wow, this this teacher sucks. No, it's just.
1: <laughs> Give
0: yourself that, you know, that, that, that break, that wiggle room, especially teaching now during right. a, a pandemic, you know, no teacher's perfect. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Even though I'm sure my master teacher says that she is, but right. uh, <laughs> just, yeah, just it's, don't be too harsh on yourself is what I would say.
1: Um, right. Yeah.
0: And the, the big thing for me, because I'm new to the district, I'm new to the specific district that I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, was the support team, and so making sure that I was comfortable, making sure I, uh, I acclimated well, because you know I, I'm a stranger. You know, I'm a stranger to, to everyone, the school, the staff, the students, the families, and I. I just wanted to make sure, you know, that I felt like I was part of this team, and particularly. Special Ed because it's a special it's a smaller uh, smaller team and so mm-hmm. for me it was making sure everyone did welcome me with open arms and they were willing to help me out and spend all the extra time to get on the phone call with me or get on a video call and, and just really make me feel welcome was, mm-hmm. was there something similar for you did, was there a good support team that they help you get acclimated? I mean, I mean again the whole story about you having two weeks to prep that's, that's quite amazing right. uh,
1: <laughs>
2: yes uh, I do have a really Good uh, support team at school. Um, In fact, I'm really, really glad that I ended up staying at the school that I student taught at just because since this year has been so crazy for everybody, it was at least nice to have some sort of stability like I was going to the same place that I've been going to since August. Yes, it's a different grade. Yes, it's like, you know, now I was traditional, I was hybrid. There's definitely some changes, but it was nice to um just have faces that I recognized and people that I knew so that I had that support system during such a crazy transitional time. So, it really helped me kind of get adjusted and feel part of a community. So, I mean, I, I definitely understand how hard it can be going to a brand new place and not knowing anybody, like you said. So it was nice to um, at least know the, the the staff and administration and everything um, during this change.
0: Hmm. Um, let me rewind it back a little bit. So back, so so I have two two credentials, and so. I had two rotations. One was for special ed and one was for multiple subject. And when I was doing the multiple subject, uh, I was with fourth grade and I threw a lot of ideas that, uh, now looking back at them some of them weren't too good and some of them were kind of crazy but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad that my master teacher entertained the idea and let me try again the whole trial and error i, I did think she there was times where she told me like i knew that wasn't going to work but I, I wanted you to still try it out and uh, <laughs> again i guess you know learning by trial by fire and so the beauty of student teaching is that it allows us a safe space to try out all these new things again, before we have our own classroom. And
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: like you and I both said, it can be a little bit intimidating in the beginning, but for me, I, I really wanted to focus not only on my relationship with the students, but also mm-hmm. with my master teacher as well, just to see, you know, what has worked out for her, like, you know, or, or him, and what has worked out for them and uh, what's, things that they learn, um, because, you know, they they have a lot of years of experience and um, they can really help you out, avoid certain mistakes that that you don't have to try out yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, so for you, how, how was it? I mean, I guess your relationship with your master teacher, um, like trying, wanting to try out new things uh, in the classroom.
2: Yeah. Um, I felt really kind of awkward and uncomfortable at first, just, you know, being in a new space, being in someone else's classroom, being a guest in there, I think that is a very like hard line to walk and, you know, you want to take their advice and you, but you also want to try new things. And like, like you said, it is hard to figure out exactly what your, you know, teaching style is. Um, but I am glad that I have that space to try, you know, some things worked, some things didn't. And I've tried to take the things that work with me as I um, moved down to kindergarten and also just... Just trying to embrace that same idea in my new space as well. Like I want to try new things, but I also want to um, ask questions from my team and how other people do things. So I feel like it's always uncomfortable incorporating new things. Or I mean, I feel like I'm uncomfortable a lot of the time, honestly. Right now, just because <laughs> this is a new, <laughs> this is a new thing. But I think after a while of incorporating new ideas, yours, other people's, it just, it just. Becomes more natural, and you can just pull things out of your toolbox, kind of. So, I just try to do this super often so that I can just keep growing as a teacher.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's,
0: like you, there's sometimes where I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing, but let's just see what, <laughs> what happens. Me, always. <laughs> uh, Again, going back to the, my master teacher, she, she gave out a lot of great feedback, uh, which is what, what I liked. And again, things that I wanted to try and things that she tried out. And she would give me her feedback on, on the experience that she's did before. And, you know, I would take that in, into consideration and you know, I would tweak it up a bit um and this really allowed me to address like potential mistakes and then go ahead and try out my ideas again this whole trial Mm -hmm. and error um but um then my other rotation is when uh i was a special ed and again i was trying a whole bunch of things out uh it was a big shift from uh, from genet to Sped, and so again it was a mm-hmm. trial and error. And so when you're trying new things, then, you know, not everything's not everything's going to stick, not everything's going to land, um, and that's just that's just the name of the game. And so. Of course, I felt good when things did work out, but for mm-hmm. the things that didn't work out, uh, you know, first time my, my heart was shattered, but then later on, I quickly had to learn, like, all right, it's, 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 a game of adaption. You know, what, what can I do next time? What can, can I change it up right here on the spot? Do I have the materials? Uh, what can I do? Um, you know, before I lose them completely. and right. So I, for you, like, w- w- were there times where like, wow, you have all these great ideas and you want to implement them, or maybe you put a lot of time into it. Um, for me, there were some times where I put like a lot, a lot, a lot of, a lot of time prepping, and then it just kind of like crumbled, but yes. <laughs> was, was there situations like that and I mean, how did you handle it? Did you take it in stride or you said, all right, it didn't work out. Let's try it again next time.
2: Yes, uh, that's definitely happened to me too many times to count. I feel like a lot of times it would happen, you know, when my supervisor or something was observing me and I was trying so hard to implement some things that I knew I needed to work on. And I was like, man, I still could not do it right. Um, what, one of those my supervisor was uh, mentioning a lot was like incorporating success criteria like um, into like when you're going over learning targets and stuff and like especially for the little ones like I know I've mastered it when I can do blah 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 and I just I had the hardest time trying to figure out like what that needed to include and how like the kids could even come up with their success criteria and I just kept trying on these observations and it was hard to like each time like be, like man I still Still didn't do it right, but I feel like I eventually got to a place where I could, I could do it better. And she was another um, person in my life during student teaching that was really um, helping me, you know, just incorporate those new things and just keep trying. So I do try to um t- take it in stride, you know. It's this is my what third week of being a hired teacher, so I definitely know I don't have to have it all together, but I do I do try to just keep trying no matter what um so, you know, and it is rewarding when you finally can un- incorporate that advice or suggestions from other people. So,
0: yeah. There's uh I definitely celebrate the Not only big successes, but the small successes like, oh, yes,
1: Yes. (laughs) especially when
0: it's like, yes, I was able to Mm -hmm. get this, the monitor work, (laughs) the printer work. Yes, yes."
2: especially with Uh, virtual, that was whenever I could get things to like, you know, smooth sailing with Zoom, I was like, great, this is amazing.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. And then like, uh, from there, we're like, all right, everything, uh, it's smooth sailing from here pretty much. Yes.
1: So,
0: but, uh, like earlier, like I said, since, since I had two rotations for the, for the two credentials I had, it was, it was really a whiplash I would say. So from sped, uh, mm-hmm. so for sped, I was with the, I think it was K I was kindergarten through second. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't even that long ago. I can't believe I forgot, but I think it was K through second. And so with that, I was really like high energy, like kind of think like an over-the-top Disney character. And then yeah. when I was with the, with the gen ed uh, fourth and fifth graders, I think it was all the fourth and fifth graders. My style totally changed. And so it just... <sighs> It was such a big, drastic change um, that I was like, wait, what what kind of, what kind of a teacher am I? Like, am I this over the top or am I like this uh, sarcastic teacher? Or am I like this really straightforward, uh, teacher that, you know, rarely cracks jokes because the upper grades, they, uh, well, they were tough. I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, what, what kind of teacher am I? And so I, I really had kind of a hard time figuring out, what style would work for me and then what style would work out for the students like one of the big differences is like the, the pace like i was so yeah. used to going at such a slow pace with the with the um with the younger ones
1: mm-hmm. but then
0: with the older ones are all right my my teachers are you know if uh, 50% of the students get it, move on as opposed right. to special ed where i really move at their you know when they're ready then we can move on and so right. that was a big 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 change for me and i really had to learn how to I guess, change teaching hats, I guess that was yeah. what to say said, but mm-hmm. for, for, for you, I mean, what kind of, what kind of teacher do you think you are? And like, what style would you describe yourself as?
2: Yeah, I can kind of, um, relate to that. Uh, what you're saying, just not really knowing your specific style. Cause I kind of, I saw myself before I got my position kind of being more like a maybe second grade, third grade, even fourth grade. I kind of thought more like middle of the road. Um, I wasn't like cut off from any other options, but when it was the, when the full-time position came available and it was kindergarten, I was like, oh my gosh, we're about to go way down. <laughs> like we're about to, we has got to be five. Um, so I think regardless of the grade level, I would say, you know, very positive teacher, like you know, positive with behavior as well, like lots of PBIS and everything like that. But I think with, um, you know, kind of expecting more, expecting to be in the middle grades, I think I have a little bit maybe higher expectations that I bring down with me. Um, but I think that's a good balance for them. Like I want to have all the fun and I want to be positive and I want to reward them when they're doing the right thing and all that. But I also like have very high expectations for them. And, you know, I think that's important for them. And it helps, you know, just as I am embracing, learning and growing as a teacher, like that's my goal for them too. So I think just my goal is to provide them with a super safe space where they feel like it's OK to, quote, unquote, fail, but they also can rise up and keep going. So and, you know, they know I have high expectations and I they know that they can meet them, too. So I try to walk that line. Mm-hmm.
0: I like that. Yeah. Um... I know everyone has a teaching style, uh, some teachers are still trying to figure out what that is, (laughs) Um, yeah, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. for example, uh, my my co-teacher, she's a very, uh, energetic, silly type, but now Mm -hmm. she's teaching through, you know, distance learning. She totally changed um, and you know, I can, can see how tough it was on her um, because mm-hmm. she wanted to, she really wanted to be, you know, this type of teacher that she's been for years. And now all of a sudden it's uh, like a switch that like, all right, time to be this kind of teacher now. Right. But you know, they're essentially kind of like five types of uh, teaching styles so each one kind of has like their are sub subcategories in it, but basically, um, you know, the first one's like the authority or kind of like the lecture style, which um, think of. you know college you know you sit a big lecture hall teach your talks you take notes there's a presentation or powerpoint and then bell rings, time for your next class. Um, the other mm-hmm. one is the demonstrator, which is lots of modeling, uh, like, like what a coach would do. Like, um, like when I, when I, uh, I taught like parent and me classes, lots of modeling. All right, friends, you know, we're, we're going to hop like this. or you know, we're going to hop mm-hmm. like a frog. We're going to slid like a snake, lots of modeling, lots of demonstrations and lots of like movement and hands on activities. And the mm-hmm. third one is the facilitator type. Um, again, lots of hands on, um, you really promote the self-learning with their peers. So really taking a step back, all right, you tell the class, all right, friends, you know, here's a problem. How would you solve it? Talk to your neighbors and talk, work with your partner next to your working groups. And you really kind of only step in, obviously, if you know, there's danger or, or if the kids are really, really, really off track uh, or right. they're getting distracted. Um, you know, the teacher will go around interacting the class in small groups. Um, but yeah. And I think the fourth one is kind of like a delicate delegator, mm-hmm. which is basically lots and lots of group work um, with the teacher observing from a distance. Uh, again, really only being used like kind of as a last resource. So right. uh, the teacher would say like, before you ask me, you know, ask two friends or, or ask someone else, or, or check your notebook or check your textbook or whatever it may be, because the mm-hmm. teacher should really be only that, that last source. And so the students there really learn from their peers, um that way and so this type really encourages student student learning um collaboration um again, before they reach out to teachers, is, is not really the first step, but the teacher is really the last step. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you can see, you know, this promotes lots of, uh, independence and probably, you know, problem solving skills. The last right. one is kind of a hybrid or blended in which the teacher blends their personality with the students needs. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is kind of like what I did, but, uh, you know, at listening all of these what kind of teaching style do you think <laughs> you fit which one do you think is do you like the most
2: yeah i really like the um, facilitator method and kind of the blended as well just really trying to focus on their needs um but the facilitator especially for kindergarten because i think those hands-on strategies and stuff to help with their conceptual knowledge whether that be math or phonics or you know reading i think that's essential for them just being so young um, but just also the, I like the blended as well, just really trying to meet their individual needs. I think this can kind of really help me during, um, intervention time and just really trying to reach each one of them and where they're at. So that's my goals for what teaching style I want to use. I'm working towards that every day. Am I there yet? <laughs> no,
1: but I'm working toward it
0: yeah I, I i think i'm a blended um i don't know maybe like a facilitator and uh and a delegator as well uh, mm-hmm. because you know i can model like social skills like you know model how to say hello to our friends how to say good morning how to say bye but i don't want them just to practice me all the time go practice with your friends go practice you right know, out in the playground or out uh yeah. Whenever. And so mm-hmm. that's that's why I kinda like the delegator or maybe the you know the facilitator type. I'll take a step back approach, I'll model maybe once or twice to remind them. But I really want them to practice get the hands on learning from their peers. And mm-hmm. uh, I like that uh inclusivity where um you get a lot of student feedback, um, particularly in the hybrid model. Right. Since I teach SPED, uh, I really need to tailor my style to the students, um, Mm -hmm. and to their learning needs. Obviously, uh, you know, every student has different learning needs and everyone's at their own pace. And I need to, you know, help them out with that, really need to change and adapt my style to, to best fit them. And right. I do also like the delegator uh, style because sometimes I, I like taking that step back approach and watching students, you know, inquire, um, have that inquiry-based learning through the hands-on activity. Um, with the upgrades, I think I, I did like these uh, like escape room type of activities, and I just really like seeing how they problem solve with their friends. How do they approach it? You know, one student might approach it this way and student might try it a different way. But I, I, I definitely think I have changed my teaching style. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not too much, but I, de- I definitely think I have changed. Have you seen your teaching styles maybe change over the years or months or, um, even this nearly short period right now because uh yeah i don't know have you have have you seen that your teaching style has changed
2: yes um again with the the zoom dilemma it was and i mean i'm sure you've had to adapt it as well it's just so hard to it's just so hard to get everything that you want to get done over you know with a screen in the way um So, I mean, I felt like a lot of the time, you know, I could only demonstrate and then I mean, I could ask for their feedback and things, but it was just so hard to do grouping, so hard to really have them talk to each other. So um, that was that was hard because I do like the collaboration aspect of learning. I like for them to talk to each other. I think that's how they learn the best. So um when I've had my in-person students I really have embraced the facilitator um method or and the hybrid as well um so that they can so they can interact with each other and and learn um through relationships with each other too so
1: mm.
0: Yeah. Just <laughs> again, teaching through zoom is a totally different world or, yes. or uh, yeah, I, I teach during Google meets. I don't like Google meets. I wish we had zoom, mm-hmm. but anyway, um, back when I was teaching fourth and fifth grade, I was very teacher centered, um, which is very direct instruction in the beginning. Um, and then later on, I kind of switched it up a bit. I became more student centered with my approach and really having the students uh, learn from each other.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I provided many opportunities for students to explore and solve problems on their own. Uh, my master teacher really allowed me to do these uh, like, kind of escape rooms, like these <laughs> kind of like it's murder so mystery types. <laughs> yeah, murder mystery type uh, problems. Like, for example, uh, the students walk into in the morning into the classroom, and there'll be like you know like an outline of it. You know, dead body in the ground, and like mm-hmm. it would be like a crime scene, and the teacher would be like, "All right, how do we solve this problem?" You know, somebody was was uh, was shot. You know, how uh, you know, figure out who the person was, and the students would go around, but like, all right, that they use their left or their right hand for, with the weapon? Like, you know, why is this? uh, Why is this wallet not taken, and etc. Just, but it was it was really fun. So I, I really enjoyed that, that uh, students were working with each other. But then uh, I came to special ed and then it was a K through second environment mm-hmm. and it was a lot, a lot, and a lot of modeling. Um, and I basically turned into this animated character and really goofy <laughs> over the top. And uh, the best way to describe it is, this is like over the top Disney character. I have no singing voice, but I tried my best. Yes, yeah, <laughs> uh, I can relate to that. Yeah and so i was just really you know over the top acting out uh particularly when i was trying to do the social emotional learning like our friends do we feel happy and like over the top grin do we feel sad right really like emphasize it was really milking it and so i that, 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 yeah, that was me. So really over the top of the the, the content and remodeling over and over again and with me modeling, I would like really emphasize, like, for example, if I was teaching them how to twist on or twist off a cap, I would like make those like, you know, grunting, like, uh, uh, and mm-hmm. really, really make that face like this. I was like moving you know a ton right here with this little jar. But
1: yep.
0: yeah, that was, that was me. I was just, uh, I, I did all this to get the kids energized, energized and i Um, you know, it's, it's, it's no, uh, you know, it's no secret, but sometimes when we teach, we have to pretend like it's the first time we're ever seeing it,
1: (laughs) especially for the kids. But, uh,
0: yeah, kind of like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, like I would say, if you know, if you know um, what you're going to get for Christmas or what you're going to get for your birthday, because maybe a friend told you in advance, but then you still got to ask prize right. when you do open the gifts. It's kind of like the same yeah, thing here. Uh, I would have to ask surprise because sometimes I would teach, this, teach the same thing like 20 minutes later or like the very next day. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. Have you ever had a, a similar situation like this?
1: Yeah,
2: for sure. Um, I think, you know, I try to, I try to be very like animated and everything with, um, the kiddos and, you know, cause I want them to think that it's fun and, I think as a teacher, too, in general, I mean, that's a that's a daily thing, like whatever it is that's going on in your life or, you know, I've, I've had some things, you know, kind of come up in my personal life as well. And it's just like you have to put on that different hat of, you you know, you're the teacher now. And and they, um, you know, I don't know, you, teachers like in that um, TED talk, like teachers become very good um, actors and <laughs> And it's like, you know, every single day that, um, you know, something else is going on in your life, I think um, showing up for them and and being silly and doing the dances and doing the songs with them is, you know, that that pays off for them in the long run and knows their teacher really, really does care. So I can definitely relate to you on that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, let's see. The the yeah, the other type of teaching style that I do like is a the facilitator type and we, you know, where the teacher has a more open classroom and it has a student uh uh be on his or her level and uh you know the teacher's also kinda like a student learning with the students. Um
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so this works well with all age groups, but the best success that I've seen, um, is with the little one. So mm-hmm. again, kind of like the teacher will present a b- problem, but the teacher won't provide the answers. The teacher will ask the students for help. Like, oh, what do you think we should do? should, should I do this you know, Should we all do this? You know, what will happen if, uh, we go this route? So the teachers mm-hmm. kind of putting themselves like as a student, because, uh, you know, the teacher doesn't want the students to rely like, all right, the teacher's going to give me all the answers. I don't need to do anything. Right. so it's really like, uh, I guess kind of like it was the analogy kind of like, uh, they're all sailors and, um, you know, they're all in the same boat and, you know, we all got to work together to to get to our destination. Um, yeah. but yeah, this, uh, you know, the way it works here is really help focus on students' independence mm-hmm. because they really want to explore and have that whole hands-on learning and see, mm-hmm. all right, what as a class can we all do? What can, what ideas will work? Because um, again, let's not rely on the teacher to give us the answer because that's not the way it's going to work in the, in the real world. I'm not going to be like, yeah, you know, I, I'm not going to expect someone to, to come in and rescue the day all the time. I, I need to learn how to, how to solve things on my own. Have you yes. taught like this as a, as a, as a facilitator before?
2: Yeah, this is a really kind of what I strive to do now. Um, I think the inquiry based model like that is so important for them like you said to kind of learn how to solve their own problems like even though they're five and six they think they can still be so independent they can still use their resources of their class classmates or other things that they know you can compare and share with others um, so many of my students in my class are just very social learners, too. like they're not gonna learn from me just talking. they're <laughs> gonna learn from conversing um with their classmates. so I think this really kind of benefits my particular class and they get to share their ideas and I think it gives them more of like um a reward in their learning too that they're they the teacher isn't just giving them the answers they're they're working towards it and growing so I really like that method.
0: yeah, there's been some times where <laughs> I teach something I put in all this effort teaching, teaching the content and then they don't get it right. Oh, uh, actually most of the class don't get it, but certain students do get it. And then we have small groups, uh, or group activity. And then these students that do get it, I kind of put them in charge of the other uh, groups and then they teach it and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden like the rest of the class get it. Um, I don't get offended, but I'm, I'm just glad <laughs> that they, uh, they learn, uh, even if it's through another student. But I d I don't know if yeah. you had something like that.
2: <laughs> yes. I try to I try to do this in kindergarten. Um it is a little bit hard with them, you know, being so young. But um but them but then being in charge of their learning in any capacity, I think is good for them. I saw this in my um fifth grade class I was put in. It was like a little bit different than teaching, it was only like two days a week and you still had classes, but she was uh she was like a master at this, just you know, delegating, had high students placed with the lower students. They were doing a lot of the teaching, like you said. Um, and then like the, those kids would magically get it cause they're learning from peers and all of a sudden they kind of like care a little bit more. Um, so that was really cool. I think if I ever moved to an upper grade, that that's something I'd really want to really want to incorporate. Cause like watching it as a, as a college student, I was like, oh my gosh, cause she would just set these timers, you know, sometimes they'd be like. 25 minutes at a time and they had some task that they had to solve and some task that they had to write about and she would provide support as needed, but it was really incredible watching them all like come together and have a finished product and they learn and they pulled their weight. It was really cool. So I would love to kind of do more of that in kindergarten. I will say it is a little bit harder, um, yeah. but, <laughs> but it's a very cool concept.
0: Yeah. Um, one thing that, I never was, was, a kind of like the dictator type of teaching where it was you know, my, my way or the highway, or right. I never really pretended to be the expert or like Mr. Know-it-all or like a smarty pants. Um, I it just, it's just not my style. I know it, it works for certain yeah. teachers. Um, and that's great, but mm-hmm. for me, it just, it's not me. And so the, the last type of teaching style that, uh, that I really got to try on only a few times. It was, um, was kind of like a delegator
1: mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> and you know, this is really like the most hands off approach. And essentially, you know, you create like an autonomy in the classroom, it's kind of like a self governing government, uh, self governing environment. So think of, uh, everyone having classroom jobs. So everyone's responsible for something and they really want to, they got to pull their weight together if they want the whole class to succeed. And so uh,
1: I, yeah. I tried this
0: with, with middle schoolers and it takes a lot of patience because, uh, uh, I mean, not only the hormones, but it's just uh, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of uh, they think they know everything. And so, again, with, yeah. with this, uh, you know, you had to tell them, like, all right, we're all together as a unit, but you need to do your part. You need to do, you're responsible for, for this, you're responsible for this. And your classmates are depending on you. And mm-hmm. for this type of teaching, the teacher explains what the goal is. Our goal is to learn about you know, uh, what, Native American history. Our goal is to learn about you know how to build uh, these particular uh, instruments or whatever it may be. And the teacher, you know, will provide yeah. the resources. And the teacher say like, "All right, these are this is what you have. This is the goal. This is." These are the boundaries. These are the limits. This is what you can't and can't do. Go ahead and and, and try. And the teacher would check in every now and then to see uh, how the students were doing, teachers taking notes. And um, Mm -hmm. if the students get really off off track, then the teacher would come in to help kind of correct the course. But again, it was uh, Mm a, everyone pulled their way. There was like a a network in the classroom and the students were really, uh, uh, it didn't work right in the beginning, but after a while they really, you know, they pulled their, their way through and they're really able to. To make it work, and it was pretty neat because you have certain students that might have struggled a bit, but then you had those students who came in like, all right, time to help out, and they would help out for so the students that. Needed a little bit extra support, and I didn't have to do those small groups. So students uh, stepped up to the plate, or students asked for help, and it, it was nice. It was really nice seeing how, right. uh, in like this own mini community, how they helped each other out, um, which is the way it should be. Like, in the, like That's right cool. here, and and like in you know, like in the neighborhood, like you know, if my my neighbor needs something or uh, if they need something from yeah. me, then I can go and ask them. Um, I don't go out to the landlord yeah. and saying, "Oh, can I?" can i go to my neighbor's house and ask for this no it's just direct contact right that's that's what i really appreciate instead of asking me uh for help or asking me if i could intervene the students would solve it between themselves which that was pretty neat um but yeah that is cool Uh, what do you think about this teaching stuff have have you done something like this um would you want to do this with your little ones
2: yeah, um, I I honestly really would. I think like any kind of task based, you know, learning or something like that, we do some of this with um, some of our steam projects. Um, I think that's where I could really incorporate it just like them solving the problems and coming up with ideas, I think even at a young age that, you know, you can really introduce that. I've also wanted to kind of try this with like behavior too. I've seen some teachers who have like teams and they're trying to almost, they're trying to like beat the other team with their behavior. I think any kind of like, collaboration with that helps them like be a unit as students. So I'm trying to incorporate this more. Um, and that's kind of, that gives me more ideas to try. And so um, I bet they'll, I, I'm sure they'll enjoy it too. I think anytime they get to be with their, their peers and feeling like their ideas really matter is, is really special.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it can get boring hearing from me all the time. So you know, I like it when they, they learn from their, their peers. So, but you know, you and I both know as as you continue teaching, you know, as you're trying to find out your style and seeing what works best, uh, I, I recommend not forcing a style onto yourself, um, -hmm. in particularly because, you know, for example, my co-teacher has their own style and I have my own, but doesn't mean that what works for them doesn't mean it'll work for me. And so I really advocate uh, embracing your own style and really have that you know, individuality. And I, I know right teachers my certain teachers they I like sort of sarcastic humor and the students really like that or there's mm-hmm. some teachers that are really silly or like over the top or there's some teachers who just mm-hmm. teach like how it is and students really understand it that way and, and it's, all, it's all trial okay. and error um, and I'm sure you've had you know noticed through your preparation program or even now like out of all your teacher mm-hmm. friends do you feel like your teaching style is like totally different from where everyone else is?
2: Luckily I feel like I kind of um, mesh with like the rest of my team uh, which is kind of nice, so I can really learn from them too and incorporate what they're doing. Uh, just being in kindergarten, you know, it, I, kindergarten is, is its own beast, I feel like. And, you know, most of my team is pretty much pretty fun loving, pretty positive people, you know. So I think our styles are kind of just in that way, kind of similar. But I, that's really worked out well to me, especially being a first year teacher, because any support advice ideas that I get from them, you know, it's meshing pretty, pretty almost exactly with my style, too. So it's easy to, like, take their ideas and, you know, transfer that to my room, too, which obviously I need like lots and lots of help. So <laughs> it's been really nice to have such a, um, you know, a team that's. You know kind of like-minded so it's been great
0: that's good i like that. the benefit for that is for example uh when you're absent or uh, maybe your same grade level teacher co-teacher's absent mm-hmm. uh, it's nice um well particularly for me for example uh since we're doing distance learning if i'm absent then my co-teacher students get placed in my classroom and uh mm. it's nice if we have the same style then the students uh, my temporary students that just came in and there, I'm teaching in a way that's already familiar to them, um, so I see that benefit yes, there. Yeah,
2: I can see why that would be helpful.
0: Yeah, um, but if it's not, then I yeah, I can kind of be seeing like a whiplash to the students. Um, but yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then last thing I do want to say is um is the is the high tech versus the low tech uh, approach. So for example, um, there's a. I think high tech uh, utilizes a lot of technology to make the content very personalized with students. So it really target those mm-hmm. specific interests and skills. Uh, best analogy I yeah. can give is, uh, you know, you log into a portal and the portal has all these questionnaires and stuff is all about you. And so, um, the mm-hmm. content's really made for you and, uh, you know, involves competencies based, uh, progression. So for example, if I'm like, maybe higher than the, the rest of my classmates, and I can keep going at my level, I can be going at my pace and I don't have to wait for the rest of the class to catch up to me. Yeah. Um, and same thing for those students who are a little bit behind; um, they're still working at their own pace while the rest of the class, you know, those who are at present level, those who are above level, can keep going and keep learning again based on their own pace, yeah. based on their own learning on whatever specific target needs that they need. Um, and I see a lot of this with gamification where it turns this like game based learning or whatever their mm-hmm. avatar has to complete these tasks. I solve these multiplication problems or sampling matching or do a quick pattern and their character moves you know, forward. But, um, I, I, yeah, I really like this where, you know, mm-hmm. students mastered, uh, these skills and, uh, these kind of checkpoints every time they get these, uh, they master these certain skills and, um, I've seen examples where i guess right. again if it's all based on on game like an avatar like at these digital badges like oh you mastered uh addition oh you mastered uh, blending and so yeah have you have you yeah. uh d- do you consider yourself like do you use a lot of technology
2: yes actually this is um it's been something to get used to um having my own classroom because i wasn't in at first having to kind of um Be in charge of it, I guess, like my district has um, these apps. I know a lot of a lot of other districts, too, like we use um, iReady and Lexia, Um, iReady being for math and then Lexia is like their um, literacy and phonics and all that stuff. (laughs) And so um, it's really nice. Like you were saying for them, you know, during intervention or any kind of like downtime. And again, the kids like it because it's kind of uh, game gamified. So and it goes to their individual level. There's a wide variety of different levels. So they're all working on different skills that they need for that time. Um, so I've really grown to enjoy it because it gives me a lot of data points to refer back to, too, because this is something that they're working on every single day. They have to meet. They have to get a certain number of units. They have to meet a time. And so it kind of helps me stay on track. That if they're meeting these goals, they're they're hitting these specific checkpoints that they need to make that they need to make meet as well. So it's I've really grown to really like it, and um, it's nice to see them excited about meeting their goals too. Because we've got like incentives for them to pass levels or um you know to meet their time. So it gives them something to work for and have like their individual goals while getting. Targeted intervention based, it's all based on like an app. Like it's all, it's kind of crazy how that works. I mean, I'm sure you have your own <laughs> um, program that you use too, and it's really, it's really cool. So I like it.
0: Yeah, it's quite, it's quite amazing how all uh, this technology that we have. And uh, I don't know if, uh I don't know, I don't know if uh, how I would have handled it if I had this back when I was in elementary school. Yeah. different. uh, I mean, these kids grow up with touch screens on their their phones and tablets and all this, all this neat stuff, but I don't know, I don't know how it would have been if I I had that back in my elementary days. But the the, the other type of uh, technology is the low tech and basically it's like all kinesthetic learning and basically as much hands on possible uh, hands on uh, as possible as we can. Mm -hmm. And so um, and manipulatives drawing uh, role-playing field trips etc uh i use a lot of whiteboards coins uh yeah else, like paper like even just like folding uh, and much really as, as I can in the classroom. Um, but yeah, th- we have this d- differentiated instruction that, you know, goes with this and uh, it's most commonly used with a uh, special needs students and uh, English language learners, um, all this uh, low tech, uh, mm-hmm. do you use low tech or do you use a mix of
2: both? I think uh yeah, definitely a mix of both. That's kind of my happy place. Like I said, we have the high, but I also do lots and lots of low tech, especially since they're kindergarten. Um, so I think they both have their different purposes. I think they are more excited about the high tech and they get excited about meeting those goals, like I said, and they get to work on the iPad and do the games. But, um, there's something about, you know, just your simple Unifix cubes or yeah. any other kind of manipulative that you just really can't, you know, put anything there in place of that. So, um, and they need to touch things. They need to, they, you learn, they learn that way, um, as well. So I think a blend of both is my happy medium. And I think they're, um, they succeed best that way too. Yeah.
0: I like, uh, I like the blend too. Cause you know, mm-hmm. the real world, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I guess we're getting rid of cash now and people are using credit cards mm-hmm. and debit cards. And now after that, people are just touching their phone like the, like NFC on the, the cash on the, on the register. But yeah. I, like you said, there's just nothing really beats Having mean, that, that hands-on, uh, yeah. you know, that hands-on activity. And I, I read long, not too long ago, I think yesterday, that there's a shortage of coins or like pennies. And so
1: oh my gosh. I was just, I
0: uh, it. yeah, it's just, I, I try to incorporate as much hands on, hands on and low tech as, as I can. Um, like you said, the, the simplest yeah. things, they could be count the rocks or like here, uh, yeah. here's the slinky, like you see how far it stretches, so whatever it may be. Right. Uh, right. But, but a blend is always, it was, it's always a nice middle in the blend, you know, having the tech to really have towards the individualized uh, needs of the students yeah I think they do. and as we as we wrap this episode up is there any advice that you would give to new teachers um, or even those thinking about entering the educational field
1: yeah,
2: um, really. Like, my, I guess my advice is just don't be afraid to fail. Um, this has been such a crazy year and so much change for me in the middle of the pandemic and the middle of starting my career and going from Zoom and change into a different grade level and you know. And I just think that it's important to remember that no one is supposed to have it all together. And trying new things and learning from others is only going to make you a stronger teacher. Like, don't get stuck in your ways. And every single little bit of improvement is gonna transform your teaching. I just saw a um quote not too long ago that if you just get like one percent better every single day. Just one percent. You do one thing differently, like by the end of the year you'll have grown so much, it's insane. If I try to remember that, but just if I do a few things a day, just a little bit better than the day before, that it's all gonna pay off over time. So that's fine guys and uh I just can't wait to watch this develop in my own life and over the years as I grow as a teacher. So
0: yeah keeping key thing is always is uh, like you said if we, if we keep growing then it's yeah we're doing good that's a success
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> alright and with that being said this has been another episode of Teachers Care Society I want to say thank you to today's guest Sarah and
1: most importantly you the listeners see you next time